What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions? Money. Look, Mental, these jokers have got a lot of money and it belongs to me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it. I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it. Money. 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 Welcome to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. I am Brad Beasley, and we have your special holiday edition of the We Are Money podcast. With me, as always, is David Beasley. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? Just fine, sir. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and to you, Rebecca Deeser. Merry Christmas. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's so nice to have everybody here today. We have a special holiday edition for you guys today, and we're going to talk about a, uh, a multitude of things, but everything's going to be related to the holiday season. You know, so Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, you guys are Seinfeld people, so you guys probably are Festivus. Festivus, yes. Right. I have the poll ready. Okay, and then you have an area, area of grievances I hear that you have with me. We actually did that last night. It was quite festive. Oh, well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So what we're going to do today is uh, touch base on a few things. We thought it's, you know, holiday time is the time of the year for giving. It's the time of the year for presents and also a lot of charities. This is a lot of time where they receive a lot of their funds. And so what we're going to talk about a little bit is nonprofits and giving to nonprofits and the related uh, entities. Now, I know Deeser, we had talked about there's, you know, five or five different types of, of nonprofits, correct? Uh, well, there's three main ones that we're going to be looking at today, um, but there are five in total. So you've got your 501c3s. These are religious uh, and charitable organizations, also educational um, organizations. 501c4, uh, social welfare, 501c6, business leagues, chamber of commerce, and as you and David pointed out, uh, football leagues, probably most important. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. And we've also got churches and then private foundations. So when we're talking about those, you know, an example of 501c is like the Red Cross, mm -hmm. uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, those types of organizations, correct? Right. Yep. You know, and, and so when we talk about that, that is the only organization that you can make a donation to and you actually get a charitable deduction, correct? Correct. Yep, you actually have to get that, and the IRS has now come down on a lot of people for not getting that statement at the end of the year from them, or at the time of the gift, saying that no goods or services were provided for this. Absolutely, and if it doesn't have that statement, it's not a valid gift for charitable purposes. Yeah, and if you, ha if you get audited and, and have to justify that, that can get denied, and that can be huge, especially some of the people that give large amounts to various different type of charities. So now, uh, Deeser, when we're talking, you know, David... Uh, and I, our, our kids play together in a, in a soccer league, and David and I coach it as well. And so can can him and I set up a 501c3 for our kids' soccer team? You know, since we spend so much money on uniforms and stuff, can we can we do that? Actually, we'll just put off, we almost could because it's a, a charity for how bad I am at coaching soccer. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, 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 co the coaching part for you it definitely would be. Yes. Well, I mean, it depends. Um, what, what would you try to be... Uh, organizing under which section? Well, I would definitely want to try to get a deduction, so I would say right. 501c3. 
501c3? Well, I mean, if you're really, really terrible, like David says, it, it may be considered educational. <laughs> <laughs> right. But typically, things like that can't get 501c3 status. Right. Yeah. No, but we do have, um, like, for example, booster clubs. Mm-hmm. If the uh, proceeds of the if the proceeds of the booster club benefit, say, the activities of one educational school, um, they they are not taxable. However, you can't turn around and get a charitable deduction for that. Now, David, I know there's an interesting thing that came up that hit close to uh, home several uh, years ago in which a lot of uh, bands and even football teams and all this where you had specific amounts that each parent had to donate and or raise that went to specific kids was a problem. Yes, um, and this is very com- very common in how the, um, especially like the music world would would work for like pro- for bands and things like that. And actually even for, I believe, some of the like football and things like that. If the parents had basically a quota that they either had to pay in an amount of money or they had to work at a concession stand, sell fruit, sell luminarias. So mm-hmm. for, for those of you that aren't necessarily luminarias, those are those bags with the candles, even the fake ones and yes, all but, those things at Christmas. But they don't have poo in them. No, no poo. <laughs> no poo. Um, if you have to do that, then technically those aren't aren't treated as giving to the organization. For their, those are actually as part of, treated as dues. Um, and amounts paid for that kid, and it's used for your kid, so it's not it's not deductible there. Right, right. I think a good rule of thumb here is uh, with charitable organizations and all organizations in general, if there's no tax consequence on one end, for example, they're not being taxed on that income, there can be no tax benefit on the other end. There has to be balance. Okay. So before we jump into the other 501c4s and C6s, and churches, let's talk about the other thing that we deal with, which is private foundations. A lot of times, a lot of businesses and or individuals will set up private foundations. Can you give some examples, Dave? Private foundations are mostly found where you have basically one or a few people, usually from one family, that's, that want to set up a nonprofit, um, usually for philanthropic reasons, things like that, legacy reasons. But your donors don't come from the public at large. They come from a few selected individuals. And there's additional rules on what mm-hmm. they have to do as far as being paid out, um, amounts being paid out. It limits your amount of deduction that you can get coming in. But um, the, And these are different from, say, the Red Cross or you know United Way that gets, don- gets donations from various um, groups of people as opposed to just limited amounts of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens is that you have clients and people who uh, want to make a substantial donation. So let's say that right now, let's let's just say that I made a whole bunch of money this year and I wanted to give away $100,000 of it, but I haven't figured out who, what, when, and where. But I really want to bunch my deduction and do it right now. A lot of times you can set up these private foundations and or donor advised funds and you can make the donation into the advice fund so that you can figure out down the road where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the foundation itself is actually... A 501c3. So it's the moment that you make that contribution, it is tax deductible according to the limits. Um, and the money doesn't need to get paid out right at that to another charity or anything like that, but you get the deduction immediately. Now, I would suggest the um, the foundation for the um, extremely good-looking Younger Brother Foundation. <laughs> That's definitely a charity because there's not, no such thing as, <laughs> as that. We're trying to wear, raise awareness. Raise right, awareness, raise awareness for, for that. Yes. And with those, it's just important to make sure that you, you're you aware of the um, the stipulations that David mentioned before. So like with private, private foundations, you have to be careful about self-dealing. You have to be careful about um, investments that may compromise your exempt purpose. 
carrying out that purpose. And so uh, be aware of those before you're setting yeah. something like that up. Self-dealing is like a poker thing. Yeah, that's where you just deal to yourself. You deal from the bottom of the deck. Oh, that's what it, what right. It is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the other one that I want to talk about, Deezer, is let's just say, I mean, I don't, I don't have anybody like this, but let's say that you had a brother that you really wanted to actually give money to or wanted to help out. Um, I would never do that. No, well, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but can I give directly to a family member or, 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 or a friend directly and get a charitable deduction? Well, not necessarily. Uh, you can give, there's the $14,000 a year limit for um, non-taxable uh, gifting right. to any individual. So you can give, you know, $14,000 to your brother. Right. Uh, you can give $14,000 to his wife, $14,000 to their son. Just we, an idea. We will all gladly accept <laughs> that, by the way. That sounds good, but I want a deduction for it, but I'm not going to get a deduction for uh, doing that. Let's see. No. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, not really. Darn. Well, I guess just nice to, try. I, I try. I try. So now let's let's just spend a couple minutes on some of the funny, uh, interesting ones. We talked about five hundred one c fours, nonprofits. Those are social welfare. Uh, what's an example of one of those? So one of those that we have get set up, and you actually see that these more coming in as you um get to um um as we get closer to election time. But these are the nonprofits that can actually be involved in what's called social welfare. And then also some sort of public education, but it doesn't really have a charitable focus. It has more of a issue-driven focus. Yeah, so I want to save save the horn toads of southern New Mexico. That's you know I put this because I'm trying to do social welfare to acknowledge the existence of the horn toad and and those kind of things. Yeah, so you can't get a charitable deduction. However, the donors may be able to get a business deduction if it's something that they could classify as a legitimate business expense, which has been done. However, they need to be careful that any amounts that they're spent on lobbying or political purposes, that portion is not not allowed. So let's talk about 501c6 as we talked about business league. So in my mind, when I hear 501c6, I'm thinking Rotary, Lions Club, Sir Optimus, you know, those, those types <laughs> Chamber of, of things. Commerce. Chamber yeah. of Commerce, those, those types of things. Yes. But the NFL is one as well, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, the NFL is one. There's actually, if you read the code, if you read the code, it says, and professional football leagues. Hmm. Oh, business nice. leagues. It's a business. Yeah, so. pro professional football league. So, Brad, if we wanted to start our own professional football league, we could apply under 501c6 for to be tax exempt. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, with the football teams, like, for instance, like the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who, tend, who sometimes pretend to be a football team. Sometimes. Uh, not, not this year. They're, they're, they're saving it till next year. I yeah. Think. Uh, now, those are taxable entities typically. Yes, I believe so. Yep. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting, even something as large as the NFL, a lot of questions I get is, well, nonprofits can't make money. No, nonprofits can make money. They just have to have a nonprofit purpose. Mm -hmm. So Now, great. so Brad, if I come into your office and I say, I'm a nonprofit, what do you like to see to prove that I'm a nonprofit? Well, there's a determination letter that the IRS sends out after they've, you've done your application that says, I am this type of, of entity, a 501c3, a 501c4, C6, you know, C7, those types of things. And it'll tell you in that uh, letter what you are. And so that's really important bylaws, organizations, just calling yourself a nonprofit, filing with the Secretary of State and saying you're a nonprofit doesn't just mean you're a nonprofit. Maybe the application as well in case issues come up in the future, because there's so many questions that uh, about the business and, and their operations that it can be very useful later on. Yeah, and I will point out that that, that Rebecca is exactly correct that your purpose that you put down in that application is very important as everything you do really has to relate to that purpose. 
Um, I will point out that the IRS has made it a lot easier for some of these 501c3s to get started with um, a 1023EZ. And as opposed to being an application that's about 30 or 40 pages long, it's only about eight pages long and you can do it online. Um, but if you need any help with that, Beasley Mitchell and Company can definitely help you out with that if you're wanting to get set up there. Or if you need some ideas on different charities that you can get to, we can definitely put you in the right way. We won't tell you to give to anyone specific, but we can definitely put you in touch with some that would maybe fit, fit your needs and give you a good feeling this holiday season. Once again, you're listening to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. We'll move on to one of my most favorite segments, David. Right, Brett. Well, as we do every time on this podcast, we um, like to ask you some questions as if you were the world. However, this being our holiday edition, we're going to ask you to change your frame of mind just a bit. Okay. I want you to answer all these as not if you ruled the world, but if you were Père Noël, Popo Gisho, or as you normally call <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Okay. So I have to, I have to ho, ho, ho it up. Okay. Yes. I want, you to, I want you to think if you were Santa Claus. And so again, Verify okay. to me that you've never seen these questions. I've never seen these questions before. I just got these this morning, so it'd be really awkward if you had already seen these. That would be weird. Press. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so number one, what would the North Pole flag look like if you were in charge? It would definitely have candy canes, and it would have Reese's peanut butter cups on it. Mm. But it would definitely be red and green. It kind of would look like the Mexican flag, <laughs> but with candy canes and Reese's pieces and probably chorizo burritos. Mm-hmm. Yes, that'd be what the flag looked like. So do you think that Santa may have some Hispanic roots with red and green being so popular during Christmas? Well, I think so. I mean, definitely. Mm. I Obviously. Think so. Yeah. <laughs> Santa, 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 Santa Claus. Claus. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, question number two. What would be your mode of transportation if you didn't have the sleigh? Uh, it would be a G6 Learjet. It'd probably be a little bit easier to get around and more, more comfy. Probably has a bathroom in it, too. <laughs> So the sleigh doesn't. Just in case the hot cocoa makes you percolate a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And as Santa, what is one change you would make to the gap rules? The gap rules? Yeah. Oh, I think that uh, the the Fin 46, which is uh, 860-10, which Mm -hmm. is the uh, variable interest entities, I think that uh, all of Santa's subsidiaries having to be rolled up into the main entity is really cumbersome for him. So I'd make that change and get He's rid of it. He's got other things to do. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you've got to do that. Um, where would your op- base of operations be if it wasn't the North Pole? Well, I think for tradition's sake, I would make my December, let's call it the 20th through the 26th base North Pole because it just, uh, you know, tradition-wise says that I probably should base myself out of there. But I think for the rest of the year, I'm probably thinking somewhere, uh, you know, Cabo maybe thing, uh, you know, probably some maybe Tahiti Somewhere, uh, somewhere. So you think Santa and a Speedo is a good idea? Um, Maybe not for everybody else. Well, if it's, you asked <laughs> if I was Santa, I think me and a Speedo would be a very good idea. <laughs> um, what would your application process be for new elves? Well, uh, I can I discriminate based on height? No. No, okay. Well, so I think they'd have to have, uh, there'd be an online process, but it would be very short. I think there'd uh... be a snowball, snowball test. <laughs> 
<laughs> there'd be a snowball throwing cont- uh, test. I think there'd be a, a toy making process. It might even be a group interview, depending on how many elves mm. we get. Cool, cool. What would your system of be of North Pole governance? How would you have your your setup? Uh, well, it definitely would be a uh, a dictatorship because I, I don't think you can have the elves make all the decisions, and so somebody's got to be the iron fist of Santa Claus and make things happen. That Communism sounds- also goes really well with red. <laughs> we're, we're all making hammer and scepters this year, boys. <laughs> that sounds like a good book title, The Iron Fist of Santa. <laughs> um, okay, so where would you claim sovereignty? Anywhere, everywhere, for, for tax reasons? I mean, where does the North Pole belong? Well, I think you have your choice there, because the North Pole is a combination of Canadian, United States, Russia, uh, Sw- Swedish, Norway, uh, and England owns part of the North Pole because of just the way that all the, uh, it all rolls up into there. So I think you'd have your choice. I think if I had all those choices, I think that I would uh, pick Canadian just because they're happy. Mm. They're happy people. Yes. A. A. Say sorry. If, so, okay, okay, Mr. Santa Claus, if a child was bad, however that child wanted coal for Christmas, what would you bring him? Wow, my mind is blown. Um, I think I would probably give him two lumps of coal. I don't know. What do you, that, my mind is blown. Maybe I can't two even sticks think. to rub together. That, that, that's tough. Cause wow, that's mind blown. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that's, that's tough right there. All right. Um, what question number nine, what would children be told to leave for you to eat? Chili cheese Fritos. Again with the chili cheese Fritos. <laughs> it's cause they're so yummy. And, and the drink? Do the right thing, kids. Because you're, you're lactose intolerant, so we can't leave well, the milk. I, I think if I'm working all night, I need me some Red Bull. Some Red Bull. Yes. <laughs> so Red Bull, Red Bull and chili cheese Fritos. And, and you know, you may not want to follow behind the sleigh. <laughs> that seems like a terrible mix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just for... That ain't, that ain't a contrail behind the yeah. It's not just reindeer-powered sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last question, Santa Brad. How many times would you check the list, and how long would you retain any work papers? Okay, well, how I am is I would actually delegate the checking of the list to some of my uh, subsidiary elves, probably my uh, supervisor or manager level elves to double check it for me so that I can rely on them uh, for, for that. I would not check it twice because I would do that. So, and I would retain the work papers uh, only for, uh, for basically a couple of weeks afterwards because everybody forgets about Christmas, you know, being good and all that stuff after a couple of weeks. So, very good, Brad. Excellent job as Santa. Well, now I'm going to flip the tables on you guys. Uh-oh. I have a few questions that you guys have not heard that I'm going to ask each of you. Okay? I'm scared. Oh, jeez. Okay. It's, it's, it's only five. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. It occurs at Christmas. There's a tree. You're done. Also, lots it, of explosions. So. Question number two. <laughs> Are you for or against fruitcake? Against, I'm f- like eating it. I, I'm against or eating it, it existing. <laughs> okay, I, I'm right, for let's... giving it because it's a really easy gift to give. Okay, <laughs> and what about eating it? No, no. 
Why is that? Why does fruitcake? Why is fruit why would you give a gift that you yourself yeah. would not eat? Yes, fruit good, cake even better, fruitcake terrible. Here, you throw this away. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but I gave this to you last year. It's a oh, paperweight. Really? Mm-hmm. Actually, no, this, this exact fruitcake. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about the process of making a fruitcake, and after you make it properly, it should stay edible for five years or more. Oh, my Lord. So it could be regifted. People get really irritated at the McDonald's stuff that doesn't go away. But fruitcake, for some reason, just slides right under. That's fair. (laughs) Okay. Question number three. The movie Home Alone. Is it a happy movie? Or is it about bad parenting? Or is it about just a bratty kid? Yes. I thought it was a happy movie. (laughs) Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I think it's this Joe Pesci is his finest. The older you get, the scarier it is. <laughs> Question number four is for Deezer. Uh-oh. Is it Christmas year in Minnesota? Christmas year? Is it Christmas? Is it like more Christmassy? Uh, it's a whiter Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are, are more into Christmas because it's snowier and stuff than here in Southern New Mexico? Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think that since there's snow all the time, people maybe feel more comfortable leaving their holiday decorations up long after Christmas has passed. (laughs) And the final question is, if you guys had one Christmas wish, what would it be? It would be for all the children of the world to join hands. No, I'm I'm (laughs) quoting a little Steve Martin there. but um... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, if I had one wish. If I had one wish, well, (laughs) if I had two wishes. um, One wish think would be for Christmas to not occur at the end of the year, but like some other time, because it seems like the end of the year gets really busy on our office and it'd be nice to have more time to just enjoy it. Nice. D, sir? Uh, End world hunger. World peace. (laughs) You guys are both wrong. The answer is more chili cheese Fritos. More chili cheese Fritos. Awesome. Should have known it. Now we have our David's favorite segment, which is David's Legal Corner. The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's Legal Corner is an equal opportunity comedic non-legal service provider and does not discriminate to any listeners regardless of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, disability, or genetics. That's right. Regardless of whether you believe in Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, Shinto, Confucianism, Atheism, Hedonism, Ponceism, or Frisbetarianism, you celebrate Festivus or attend Our Lady of Perpetual Motion, David's Legal Corner will provide you with no legal help whatsoever. David, what's a Frisbetarian? Frisbetarian is the belief that when you die, your soul goes up on the roof and gets lost there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, as always, we take all of our questions from, uh, from some of our listeners, and this, this week's questions comes from Holly. Wait, wait. Is that right? Ho- Holly Oxenfree? Yes. She says, David, I have been watching a lot of holiday movies lately, and it seems like there are many legal issues that pop up without being addressed. Can you comment on this? Well, I'm going to try try to do my best. And I didn't get any specific films here, so I've kind of picked a couple to kind of address here. So if some, <laughs> some pop into your head, then just let me know. The first one, of course, that always comes in is um, Miracle on 34th Street. Now, that's the one where Santa Claus comes, hangs out in New York, gets pulled into the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and, and all that, and then starts working there and then gets declared insane and all that. And the, the attorney in there has to prove that this man is 
Chris Kringle that is Santa Claus. The way that the, that case ultimately turns on on the U.S. Postal Service delivering the mail to him as Santa Claus. And I just don't buy that actually happening in real life. Mm. I mean, the mail doesn't even get it right all the time to people who they actually know who they are. So why would they just pick this person? You know? Right. Right. And so, I think that that's better for uh, uh, maybe proving squatters' rights than... Proving identity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes. I love it. So, yeah. so what about, we we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, but what about Home Alone? Yeah, see, Home Alone, I mean, you have some issues there, um, specifically with um, child abandonment in there. Um, in the state of Illinois, you actually um, cannot leave a, a person under 14 alone unless you have, you know, if they've taken classes or done some specific things in there. So the parents should actually be possibly prosecuted for child abandonment not only once but twice <laughs> right this, this movie if it was shot realistically maybe would have had some cps called <laughs> yes and and also i mean so the phone doesn't work for them to call back to the house but it does work for him to order pizza hmm. absolutely and, the, and the police says the police just says well there's nobody here tell them to check their kids again well, it is the Chicago police, Brad. What is the so, Chicago police? So we'll, <laughs> that, we'll, that could be accurate. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, do, do you think that uh, that Macaulay Culkin could have gotten arrested for assault for what he did to Joe Pesci and the other guy? I don't know. I would, If I was his attorney, I would claim self-defense. And right. also he's defending his house. And for the most part, he never. it was all coming into the house. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. is it is self-defense. You have a distinction between defending yourself, which you can use up to deadly force in most states, um, as long as you have a risk of great bodily harm. However, you can't do that just to protect property. But he was in the house the whole time, so I, I think I think he's okay there. I think he can make a good mm-hmm. a good case there. Now, I'm going to let you guys comment on this one because, you know, I'm an actual man, so I have no idea what love actually is. So uh. yeah, You actually don't have an idea what love actually is. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Brotherly love. Yes. 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 Well, love actually is that that um, show that um, with uh, Liam Neeson in a. It's role. compiled of many different yeah. love stories going on at the same time. Some are happy, some are sad. It's got Liam Neeson. It's got some other well-known characters. Um, there's a lot of different storylines. Yes, and and one of in one of them there is a book writer that is put in a place where he is just secluded and working on his next novel. Right, he's going on vacation. Yep, yeah, and so and they get somebody to help him with this house. And it's a um, Portuguese um, mm-hmm. worker. Yes. So I think there's issues there of the immigration status of this Portuguese woman. I mean, was did she have the correct visas? Did she have the correct right, did she immigration have her work visa? Also, it's a little unclear where he actually is, other than that there's a cabin and a Portuguese woman who's looking yeah. after him. Well, if you ever got lost, Liam Neeson's in there, so he could just say, yeah. I will find you. I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about What about... A lot of people's favorite ones. The best Christmas one. Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation, one of the greatest, but it actually has a lot of legal issues in it. Um, the first one is, you know, the liability that, that Clark may have for the destruction of his neighbor's property when that one of his beams falls off and goes crashing through their window. Well, it wasn't the beam, remember? It was the ice that was inside the beam. Oh, yes, it was the ice inside uh, the beam. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so Because they couldn't figure out what happened because everything was wet. Right, the evidence melted. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, um, I mean... He could get also hit for distractive driving. You know, he had that tr- that 
10 foot tree on the top of the roof of his car as he's driving. <laughs> and, that, and then there's also, of course, the kidnapping of, uh, where he kidnaps his boss, where he kidnaps mm-hmm. his boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the illegal dumping that his brother is doing out there. Yes. Yes. That there Clark is a recreational vehicle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of legal issues that go on there. Um, now kind of staying in the, in the movie realm, as we're kind of getting out of this, we do have a giveaway here at the, at the We Are Money podcast. You want to tell us about that, Brad? Absolutely. The Beasley Mitchell has rented out the part of a movie theater for Saturday, December 26th at the Cineport 10 in Las Cruces. And we have tickets to give away for the Star Wars showing, or tickets to give away at Star Wars showing at 2.30. So these are tickets that if you want to come see the Star Wars the Force Awakens, which I am so excited to go see here in a few days. You need to sign up at our, uh, follow us on Twitter at, at Beasley Mitchell, and we'll uh, send you those tickets. You need to first be the first one to name, to answer this question correctly, though, for the four tickets. You need to name the movie that was recently awarded a $400,000 film tax credit from the state of California. And this movie is the fourth in such series. <laughs> it is one in which David loves and which will take a bite out of the competition provided it doesn't get blown away. Ah. <laughs> All right. So we'll see that first one to reply on, on that can, uh, can get to send the correct answer to at Beasley, at Beasley Mitchell and win four tickets. The first one will win. Now, one of our most popular segments in the We Are Money podcast is the superhero tax questions. Superhero tax question comes this week. David, why don't you go ahead and give that to us? So this one, we're thinking, you know, again, kind of a little out of the box here, superhero. So we think, okay, Santa walks into your office, needs tax advice counsel. What do you do? He has very different issues that that apply to him. Well, first of all, if Santa walked into my office, I'd be like, Santa. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's Santa. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of the issues there. I think that uh, the first thing... We would talk about is the proper I would talk about with him is is what is his legal status? What mm-hmm. is his legal setup? Is he a corporation? Is he a partnership? Because a lot of the issues and all that have to do with with what is what is your legal structure to start off with. Uh, I think that also, you know, the question becomes is is where does Santa actually get his money to buy this? I mean, he, I I know he's magical, but mm-hmm. he can't just conjure up a uh, an iPad. For somebody, mm-hmm. uh, we have Foxconn that's you know got to make them down here in Mexico. We've got Apple that puts them together. You got some Chinese parts coming. You know, there's a lot of coordinating there. How does he pay for all of this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. My thought is that he's either independently wealthy or he has some sort of licensing deal with his likeness, right? Uh, for the for the royalty income. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so he, he might receive royalty income for use of use of his likeness. Um, you know, do maybe I don't know about independently wealthy because we never hear about Santa Claus's you know, wealthy dad. It's a mystery. Yes. I, I don't know. Right. That claymation story kind of makes it seem like he started, he had a very uh, meager start to life. So. Yeah. So then he has that. I think I'd want to know about, uh, I would talk to him about supply chain because where is he getting all this stuff? I mean, is he outsourcing some of this stuff to China? You know, is customer service, where's the customer service stuff mm-hmm. coming from? What is, what is his process and his quality controls? Is he using Six Sigma to make sure that the process has got good quality control for all the toys and stuff that he makes? What are the child labor laws in the North Pole? Right, and are elves Are there any children? unions? Yeah. Yes, what if the elves unionized? 
And are they covered under Obamacare? Yeah, I think and, so. And, and what is the premium for like a 700-year-old elf? Hmm. Ooh, that'd be tough. I think that would depend on his tax residency. If he's not a U.S. resident, then. That's true. That's true. Well, then also he's he has a uh, agricultural piece to what he's doing because he has the reindeer mm-hmm. as well. So there's all the issues that come along with having reindeer. Right. So I think then if you're talking about that, I know that we talk about uh, whether it's a hobby. I mean, it's, it's, maybe this is a hobby for Santa. And does he even get to deduct the losses? I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I think when you talk, start talking about Santa, you've got the cost. How does he get communication? You know, does he have a, a cell phone? You know, I know that he has uh, called my son uh, as well to tell him he's doing a good job. I know that there's that service that, that uh, Santa provides. That he'll, right. he'll call the children and tell them they're a good good boy or good girl or not a good boy or not a good girl. So. Is it a CCTV situation? How does he know when you're sleeping and when you're awake? Right. And the privacy issues, I think he's got a lot of legal liability out there. And then also for breaking and entering into everybody's home. Well, in the Patriot Act, I mean, now he's illegal spying. I mean, there's, this is a minefield. There's a minefield yeah. there around Santa. And you know what I might say is I might, I might have, have to refer Santa to probably one of the, the, the top uh, level tax ad, uh, attorneys because he's going to need some serious legal help here. I think so. As well, as well. All right. Um, sounds good. Well, Deeser, can you give us... Yes. Our next, our next segment, which is uh, uh, one of our other favorite ones. Don't you listen to the weather? We got a major storm here. I'm next to weather. Oh, this moisture coming up out of the Gulf is going to push us to the east, the little Judah. Okay, I'm going to describe some weather, and Brad and David are going to try to guess the location that I'm describing based on the facts that I give them. I'm hoping this week, probably going to get it right. Uh, so today we have. A high and a low of 25 below. Okay. That's Fahrenheit. Uh, the winds are light and variable. It is partly cloudy, and there is a almost 100% chance of snow. 100% chance of snow. Helsinki. Helsinki. I was thinking Miami Beach. Oh, Miami Beach. <laughs> yeah, Miami Beach. Negative 25. Negative 25. Seriously? All right, Dave. I think on the count of three, let's see if we can guess it. Ready? One, two... Three. Brad's North. heart. Oh. oh, that was a pretty sick burn. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're wrong I though. I think it's the North. <laughs> I think it's the North Pole. Yay, you got Yay. it right <laughs> for the first wow. time. All two, right, two burns. Good today. job, you guys. Brad's gonna go. Brad's gonna go have him a cup of holiday cheer. Yeah. We, we love you, Brad. You might need some ice for that. Get <laughs> <laughs> some ice for that holiday cheer. <laughs> Sounds good. Now it's the now it's one of our most popular segments, which is the best code ever. And we'll dance. All right, so we got the best code ever, and all of these, again, we're coming, we have three questions with three different taxes on there. One of them is fake. Now, these are all from the Texas Holiday Tax Guide, and there actually is a publication out there that that Texas produces specifically directed at, at holiday items and things like that. Okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, so the first one, we have the holiday tree decorations tax in Texas charges to decorate a tree are not taxable when the customer provides the decorations. However, if the decorator sells both the decorations and decorates the tree, the total charge is taxable. 
There's the Santa actor tax. In Texas, a fee paid to an actor or other person to appear as a holiday character is not taxable. Also, if admission is charged to see a holiday character's form, that is also not taxable. Then there's the gift wrapping tax. Charges for gift wrapping are taxable if sold if, if the store that sold the item also wraps the item. However, gift wrapping is not taxable when an item is purchased at one store but taken to another store to be gift wrapped. Which one is fake? Wow. Those are good, uh, good, good ones. The first one. The holiday decorations tax? Holiday mm-hmm. decorations tax. Um, I think I have some insider information on that one. That's probably not. I'm going to go with the gift wrapping tax. You're both wrong, actually. It's the Santa actor tax. Oh. A fee paid to an actor is not taxable, um, but if admission is charged, that is taxable. Oh, the dreaded is or is not. Is mm. or is not. We got a lot of those coming up today. True or false. That. True so or false. That, so that wow. gift wrapping tax is, is true. Let's see. The next set of questions we have is the... Um, Let's see. Turkey or hams kept hot, ready to eat, are not taxable, whether whole or cut into pieces. A smoked turkey or ham that is not kept hot or taxable is taxable only if sold with eating utensils. A charge to a customer to smoke a turkey or ham owned by the customer is not subject to tax. Then there's bakery. The next one is bakery products are not taxable unless sold with plates or eating utensils. And the next one, prepared holiday meals. A complete holiday meal, such as a turkey with all the trimmings, is taxable if the meal is sold hot and ready to eat. If the meal needs further preparation or heating, it is not taxable. Wow. I'm going to go with the first one. Can you read, Can you tell me the second one again? Bakery products are not taxable unless sold with plates or eating utensils. I'm going to go with that one. Okay, Brad, you are actually correct. Oh. Turkeys, turkeys or ham kept hot and ready to eat are taxable, whether whole or cut into pieces. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. watch out for that. Mm-hmm. All right, then we have our last set of three questions, courtesy of the state of Texas. Um, with the firewood tax, sale of firewood is taxable. Cutting down a tree or cutting up a fallen tree other than in a disaster area is a taxable service. And charges for stacking wood after a tree has been cut and charged to remove a tree or debris are also taxable. There's the layaway tax. A handling fee charged by a retailer to put an item into layaway is subject to sales tax. Similarly, a cancellation fee by a retailer by charged by a retailer or on a canceled layaway purchase may be subject to tax. A restocking fee, however, is not taxable. And then there's the gift basket tax. Gift baskets are subject to tax depending on their contents. If a majority of items are cheese, crackers, buttered popcorn, meats, jellies, fruit, etc. It's not subject to tax. However, if the majority items um, are caramel popcorn, candy, soft drinks, lotions, candles, firearms, etc., it is, <laughs> it is taxable. Which one is fake? I was going to say the layaway tax, but I don't know. Firearms? I'm going to go with the last one. I'm going to go with the chopping the wood one. Actually, you should have gone with your first choice, oh, Rebecca. The layaway no, Handling fees and that are not subject to sales tax and a cancellation fee like that is not subject to sales tax either. But the rest of them, firearms is just if it's a taxable product or not. That's fantastic. Who gets a gift basket with a firearm in it? Merry uh, it's Christmas. Texas. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot. I forgot what state we were talking about here. That's true. So, I mean, of course you would, of course you would have. Uh, of course your gift basket you comes with have, firearms. Have a firearm in it. And okay. a conceal to carry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, guys, I want to thank you. You know, this is our fifth podcast episode, and it's our, our 
holiday special. And once again, the Beasley Mitchell, We Are Money podcast. And, you know, as we kind of come to the close, we're also coming to the close of 2015. And we look forward to a prosperous 2016. And I got a couple questions, uh, a couple and like your parting shots on some of these things. What is y'all's favorite Christmas movie, David? Probably Elf. Just like Elf. Elf's a good one. What's your favorite line from that movie? Must be a South Pole elf. <laughs> Mine's Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Rebecca Deeser, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Christmas actually, movie. I really like the Elf as well. As well, as well. And what is one of your favorite lines? Uh, my favorite line is when he's in the department store and the manager announces that Santa's arriving and he <laughs> just loses his mind and goes, Oh my God, Santa! <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are both wrong. It's, it's actually Christmas Vacation is actually the best Christmas uh movie ever because there's so many lines one of which i really would not like to tell on the podcast <laughs> yes but it involves being a septic system being completely full yes oh um, but that's that's one of my 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 favorite ones so uh-huh. favorite christmas movies so and as we also go into the new year uh what's our new year's resolutions for everyone rebecca my new year's resolution is to pass the cpa exam yay <laughs> all right yes. we hope you do too all right <laughs> david what's your new year's resolution my re- New Year's resolution has to be to read a book. Just one. I want an easy one. I like to accomplish it if I could. Like Go Dog Go or... Yeah, <laughs> yeah something like right. that. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, if you uh, set your expectations low enough, you can certainly meet those. Yes, I like to achieve them. So that's fantastic. Probably <laughs> by January 2nd. My, my New Year's resolution is just to try to be a nice person this year, <laughs> I think, and, uh, and maybe, maybe try to be funny. Again, are we trying to set our expectations too high so we don't achieve <laughs> them? So we don't, yes. <laughs> we can't hit that news resolution. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot very much. And we look forward to a prosperous 2016. And uh, once again, you listen to the Beasley Mitchell We Are Money podcast. And follow us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at, at Beasley Mitchell. It's not over yet. It is for me, sister. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. 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 I'm going to say money.